From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Ben Simmons won't play tonight. We're looking at a catastrophic collapse here from a super team. This is this is like massive explosion in a black hole, implosion, gravity being sucked in, light being sucked in. I, I, I don't think we have seen anything like this, a true super team like this. I mean, think about it. KD, Kyrie, James Harden, three Hall of Fame caliber players, one sure thing Hall of Famer. I suppose James Harden right now, too, based on his numbers, is a sure thing Hall of Famer. Yeah. Kyrie will be a Hall of Famer. Agreed. I mean, he's just, he's just so super talented. And don't forget, we're talking about the most skilled duo in the history of the game. Tracy <laughs> McGrady said it last week, and it's hard to really make a massive argument against that. But this thing is just flying into the sun. I mean, it is a, it's almost, I mean, it's accurate now to call it a failure, right? It's a failure. Yeah. It's a failure. The only way it's not a failure is if that, you know, somehow, I don't even know how it could happen, but they come back from down 3-0. I mean, it's not going to happen. I'm just saying it's. I would have to. They'd have to play defense. Yeah, they would have to do more than – they would also have to be able to score. Right. And, Ima, again, Ime Udoka, who was on that Nets bench as an assistant last year, on that bench, could be your head coach, is the one scheming up how to just obliterate you. Uh, Stephen Nash, you have a lot of explaining to do this offseason. So who's to blame for this Nets failure? Who is to blame? Who or what is to blame? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. By the way, we are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. And because every good radio show in this great land of ours, the United States of America, has an hour that is named after it in the sports talk realm. Of course, we're referencing the power hour, and we'll go right into that with Barton Hahn after us here on ESPN 106.3. Later today, you'll hear the cocktail hour at 5 o'clock. I'm Josh Cohen on the home team. Well, 1 o'clock on Ken Levick Alive, because we're trying to be good. We're trying to get there. Are we succeeding? Probably not. Are we giving it the old try? Yeah, for mm. sure. But we have the lunch hour. And, of course, all great production needs to go with these hours. And here is, of course, the grown woman eating a sloppy joe with her mouth open. So welcome in to the lunch hour mm. here on Ken Levick Alive. Mm. By the way, Matt Casenzo tweets, as a Nets fan, probably everyone deserves a little bit of blame, but they still have another three years of KD. Probably will re-sign Kyrie because who else will? Still have some time before it's a complete embarrassment, but it's pretty damn close after this season. I think it's embarrassing. I think it actually is an embarrassment if you get swept out of the first round or go out of the first round in five with Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving. The only way I can see this thing, again, this season's done with. It's over with. It's an embarrassment. Next year, I, I just don't know. And, again, I'm not saying it's Steve Nash's fault. This is his first time coaching. This is his first time coaching. Not head coaching. This is his first time coaching. Yeah. And he's doing it with the Brooklyn Nets who have all of these eccentric personalities. And he, he doesn't even know how to use Seth Curry. Seth Curry was doing great in Philly. Seth Curry was having nights where he would go off for 25, close to 30. He was averaging, I feel like, almost close to 20 points a game. He was great. He's being totally underutilized. I think they have to get a new head coach this offseason. Is that fair to say? Am I being harsh on Steve no, Nash right now? No, I, I don't even – how can you enjoy this if you're Steve Nash? There's no way. 
I mean, I mean, your your reputation is completely cracked now as anything resembling a coach. You're having to deal with Kyrie's bull bleep at all times, uh. and now you have to deal with Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons' questions. In fact, Steve Nash already met with the media prior to Game Four tonight. And he was asked about Ben Simmons and the fact that Ben Simmons has decided his back is too sore to play. And this is what Steve Nash had to say on the topic. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really expecting him to play. You know, I was, you know, like we've said all along, where he's trying to improve, he's working through it. Um, reports that he was playing was from the outside, where that came from. You know, so we kind of stick stick to what we've always said. He's still building himself up, still working through things, still trying to get strong enough and put himself in a position to play. It's a little bit different from what he said just two days ago. Yeah. When on Saturday, Nash said, quote, I think it's possible for Ben Simmons to play, but I'm not sure. It's not a normal return to play, being out nine months and being injured as long as he's been. At the back end of this, it's been about two months more. It's not just he got through three workouts and he's ready to play. There's a bigger picture, bigger context to how he's feeling and how he'd be able to adapt to the environment. There are a few factors that play here to evaluate when he's ready to play. That is a little bit different from Steve Nash saying, oh, those reports were uh, were coming from the outside. No, because you didn't say that Saturday when those reports were out there, when we heard those reports, when he was actually going to go through the workout to determine if he was going to be able to play. You were saying, yeah, I think it's possible he's going to play. So yeah. that's a little bit different. But blame the media. Go, go after the media. I think he's going after Rich Paul. I think he's going after them and saying that this was, this was a clutch thing that they were putting out to the media because, again – the Nets didn't necessarily – it wasn't like they were out here posting a bunch of stuff. They kept getting asked questions about it. But where did those reports come from? And if it didn't come from the Nets, it had to come from, you know, clutch, right? Steve That's what Nash, they do. Steve Nash doesn't need this. Yeah. He doesn't need this. If I were him, I'd be out. I'm just saying bye. He should. I tried. He and should. And this is a, a really difficult, difficult job. But let them fire you so you can – Keep the whole bag. Damn right. You know what I'm saying? If you learn anything from Ben Simmons, it's get paid and do nothing. The real Sisu tweets, Kyrie's fault, then Steve Nash's fault after that. Nothing on KD. Nothing, nothing on, on KD. KD? Nothing on KD. I have to agree with that guy. Well, I do, how is it? Not, so why I, I, is Steve Nash there, Stone? I would defend Steve Nash in the sense of, from, from like an X's and O's standpoint, like all season long, KD and Kyrie have proven to him that he's allowed to stand on the sideline and let these guys go to work and yeah. scheme up offensive you know, styles for them or matchups that they need, and then they've done the rest. But now he's found himself in a series where he actually needs to set other things up that he hasn't been assigned to do all season. So now it's like it just snuck up on him, like, damn, they're doing this, and we haven't had to handle this all season. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean that's on Is him. Is that on Steve Nash? I mean, it's on Steve Nash. But Katie and Kyrie allowed him to sit back and relax just a little too much. Well, you know what KD could have done is uh, stay with the dynasty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he was being pushed too hard, and he didn't want to do it anymore. There are pictures. That's fine. You want to like where you work, but also in his line of work, it's got to be successful. Wait, wait. There's no way he likes playing in Brooklyn more than he liked playing in Golden State, though. He might have thought he was going to like it. He might have thought he wanted his own team. Really, he just wanted to be able to clap back at Twitter trolls. And now it's getting put back in his face because he wanted to win on his own. And I get that. You want to have that pride in yourself. You're one of the greatest players to ever pick up a basketball. But now you're seeing uh, what it feels like when there's no Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green running circles around everybody. And you're out there with Kyrie Irving, who's just a turnstile on defense and disappears on offense sometimes. So the Nets are about to get swept out. The Heat, meanwhile, and I've said it a couple of times today, and uh, you can give me Jason Tatum all you want, Theo, being the best player in this postseason to this point, but Jimmy Butler 
is the best player, and there's actually numbers to back it up. Yeah. Okay? There's, there's tangible numbers to back this up. Sports Math put out a graph this morning, okay? And uh, if you look at the advanced analytics here, Jimmy Butler is right now worth 14 defensive points saved. So he is getting it done on the defensive end. 14 points saved, which is second in the postseason to this point behind Giannis, who's at 14 and a half, okay? As far as offensive points added, Jimmy Butler, 28 so far during the course of this postseason. The next closest player is Jokic at 21.7 offensive points added. Jimmy Butler is worth 28 points added and 14 defensive points saved. There is nobody near him in this postseason Mm. in terms of cumulative tangible production from that standpoint. It's incredible. Kids no, a nerd. no, hell no, he's not a nerd. <laughs> Atlanta scored 86 last night. It's the lowest they've scored the entire NBA season. Yep. yep. So you got to think that those hey, 14 are coming into play. Stone, yeah. can, we, um, can we just hear from Jay Will real quick? Can we hear from Jay Will? Uh, because Jay Will, I want to remind everybody what Jay Will said last Friday leading into game one of the first round series between the Heat and the Hawks. This was. Right around nine, ten days ago now. And, and, and Jay Will had the thou- uh, following things to say. But if they are healthy, and I love the Heat. I think the Heat have by far the best culture. Their culture is up with the best of the best in the NBA, with the Phoenix Suns. But the one thing I've always worried about the Heat is when it comes down to it, down the wire, could Jimmy Butler be that clutch player for them I to make shots when you need it the I most? I don't know. I've always thought Jimmy know. Butler would be a better Two option, oh. three option on oh, a championship team. Three. I know they got close in the bubble. He did I've never say seen three. him as a primary guy. I know mm. Tyler Hero, no. guys like that are emerging. I love what they bring from a defensive culture. Uh. PJ Tucker and uh. company, Bam out of bio. Yeah. But if they are healthy, with the way Trey Young is involved in picking roles, mm. if he gets going, yeah, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and I think there was a legit chance it could. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, Peppers. Because that still. Hearing it over and over now for the last nine days is preposterous based on the body of work we have seen. Jimmy Butler, I've always thought he'd be better as a two, maybe even a, a three. three. Well, they should have cut his mic right there. How do you not That's cut his mic? Cut it off! There has to be a new thing in sports talk where when somebody is saying something so egregious, you cut their mic and you excuse them off the show. Yeah. You're done like, for the just day. Just escort them off. You're done. Just so long. Like We'll send you the paycheck, but you're done today. Yeah, two texts, he's ejected. Go you're to done. the office. It's over with. How? Two tacks. He's ejected. Yeah. If Jimmy yeah. Butler's a three on any team, that is like maybe the best roster ever constructed. A three? There the third best player. Not a single human being. Not a single human being that's been close to Jimmy Butler's collective production in the postseason. Uh, but I've always thought he's better as a two or a three. I mean, Kyle Lowry didn't play last night, and it didn't matter. They didn't have one singular turnover in the first half. Jay Will talked about Trey Young and the pick and roll. Trey Young had zero points inside the three-point line last night. <laughs> so it, it's obsolete. There is no pick and roll. He scored nine yeah. points, and all of them were from three-point land. They're so good at the pick and roll, except the pick and roll has been a, a grenade's been thrown at it. It's been blown up. It's Switching dead. everything. Switching everything. It's dead. And and with Jimmy Butler, name a team in this league where he goes there and he's their third best player. Nowhere. I, I can't, like. Nowhere. The Nets. Not, not Brooklyn. The Nets, get out of here. <laughs> no, 
Stop it. Get out of here. Stop it. Don't Stop even. It. No. They wish they had someone that could orchestrate offense like Jimmy Butler has in this series. Or maybe defend. And maybe defend. Like, you're talking Jimmy about Butler how... stepping on the floor immediately improves them tenfold from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, and you, you talk about how good the, and how great the Celtics have looked. A lot of that has to do with who they're going up against. They're able to conserve so much. Like, they don't have to try that hard on offense. And they're putting it all towards defense. They're getting these easy turnovers, these runouts on the fast break. That's not going to happen when you play a competitive, a balanced team, especially like the Bucks. We'll see how good those Celtics are next series. Right now, they're playing against the Nets team. Yeah. That would, you know what? They're I'll get freeway. to play Griffin later. They're a freeway. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're 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 a freeway. It is it is the turnpike, but it's with sun pastures blowing right by. It is it's just too easy. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are the sun pass of the NBA. HOV lane. Yep, the HOV lane hmm. just whoop right by him, <laughs> right by him. If there wasn't gridlock traffic all the time here in South Florida, uh, that would be the proper analogy, the right comparison to what the Brooklyn Nets are. Trey Young is in hell, though. I mean, he is in hell. He is talking back to high school <laughs> and how he got defended in high school. That man, that poor dude, is in hell right now. He has entered a crevasse in the earth's crust. He is hanging by his fingertips mm. and he feels the heat the lava the flames licking against his backside mm. he is in hell right now i don't envy that position because trey young talks so much trash and atlanta fans are backing him and they're oh the luka Doncic trade that was a win-win it's even and trey young is going to be the best player on a championship team one day and all of this stuff and he's ice trey and all, like it is all the bravado and it's just so funny to watch atlanta fans just they're coming back to earth. Remember, Atlanta sports fans—they had the UGA football national championship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the Hawks last year going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they had the Atlanta Braves win the the, the World Series. They were on an all-time high, and I'm yeah. glad my Miami Heat can I mean, uh, relegate them back to. Uh, I mean, the reality. city of Miami. Miami took it to the city of Atlanta yesterday. Oh, just in all sports. All Listen one. to this. Listen to this. Do you have the results? I mean, you know them. I know. Right. Okay. So, obviously, the Heat win last night. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't know him. That's why he said, you know him. Uh, <laughs> that was, was hilarious. That was such a great pass It was off. those Miami Marlins, <laughs> yeah. 4-1 over the Atlanta Braves. Okay. Inter-Miami, 2-1 over Atlanta United. Okay. And those Miami Heat just took those Atlanta Hawks now, to I school. Hear, I want to hear the final score of the uh, Miami Heat one. 103-86. Ooh. All right, that was a good. All right, all right. Okay. You recovered. Well done, right, Stone. Right, well done. Right. So, <laughs> and, and, and it's just, it doesn't matter. It's P.J. Tucker who's on Trey. It's Jimmy, who's on Trey. Bam Adebayo popping out to the perimeter. Uh, Tyler Hero, uh, uh, who, who's blitzing at, uh, at, at Trey Young. Max Struess. Yeah. Max Struess has been phenomenal yes. in this series. That boy isn't just shooting jumpers. I don't know if, if you're seeing it either, but that man is following his jumpers. He is knocking loose balls away. He is fighting for everything. He is defending. Max Struess, his addition to the starting lineup has been awesome. Yeah. And the fact that Spo last night when things weren't going well said, all right, Depot, let's go. I love that. Vic, let's go. That has ended the series. That's it. The, the Hawks don't have an answer for Victor Oladipo. Oh, but he only had six points. He was a defensive Everywhere. menace last night. He was plus night. 28 in the plus minus. He, he was a plus 28. It's so wild to see just how much of that explosion and quickness 
he still has. Because even on the offensive end, it's a little out of control because he still doesn't have that touchback. He's not in rhythm at all. That's fine. They don't need that. They don't need that. But defensively, he can be anywhere at any point at the point of attack. And it's funny that we had to – like, imagine if by some stroke of grace or luck, the Hawks did win another game and this was like a 2-2 series or something yeah. like that. I think the big move would have been Oladipo, you get in there early and you just harass them yep. and it would have been a blowout again. They had that in the back pocket. That's why Eric Spolster is just such a great coach. He is. He absolutely is. I mean, it just Trey Young wanted to play chess with Spo before game three. They were playing chess. Yeah. They were mind games. <laughs> well, Trey. Sorry, man. Three of 11 is not chess. That was a fight that, that <laughs> you did not want to, to pick in that moment. Speaking of fights, Yankees fans – Yankees as a whole, you want to exhibit some class at some point. Of course not. You've got your soft manager ending a bid for an afternoon hard-working crowd in Detroit with Miggy Cabrera sitting on $29.99, and then you're attacking, you're attempting to accost players over the weekend. Yankees, Yankee fans, I thought you were a classy organization. That ain't it. We'll discuss it when we return, and it's a milestone day for Stone Labanowitz. Why? We'll explain. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. What in the hell is going on in the Bronx? What was that this weekend? You've got fans throwing stuff at injured players and Cleveland outfielders trying to go up in the stands to fight. I mean, this was insane. When I saw this over the weekend, what is happening there? Like for, for for the high and mighty Yankees fan, and we were talking about this the other day with Aaron Boone. We were talking about this the other day with Miggy Cabrera and the decision to walk Miggy with a bag open but two outs in the eighth inning in Detroit with him sitting on twenty nine ninety nine. That's soft stuff. That's not the Yankees. That's not go attack it and, and get the out. It didn't even make sense from an analytical standpoint. With who was on deck? What is going on with the Yankees? There is what? What are you possibly proud of? What could you possibly be proud of right now if you're a Yankees fan? Because those scenes in the Bronx were ridiculous. So this happened Saturday in the ninth inning. Stephen Kwan took a really, really hard shot—a collision into the left field wall. He was shaken up. He stayed in the game, and there were Yankees fans that were taunting. Him as he was laying on the ground hurt, okay? So, uh, Miles Straw and Oscar Mercado came over. Household names in baseball, by the way. <laughs> uh, and it was Straw who climbed up on the wall to yell at a fan, get in his face, who was yelling things at Quan. First of all, what are you doing, and what frame of mind do you have to be in to see a player injured on the ground in the outfield and you're yelling taunts at him. I mean, first of all, that's weak in and of itself, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. A, I mean, it's a Yankees fan frame of mind. That's what kind of frame of mind it is. It's yeah. What, it's, what they, it's what they're beginning to do, night in and night out. And, and so later on in the game, the Yankees end up winning it on a walk-off single. And that's when 
the beer bottles and the beer cans start getting launched onto the field at these players. What is that? So you mean to tell me that you have sat there with your arm cocked for, for three innings just waiting, waiting for a moment where you can start launching garbage onto the field? That's weak stuff. I mean, Yankees fans should be absolutely ashamed. Absolutely ashamed. And it doesn't help that we just trashed them for the Aaron Boone and what he did to Miggy Cabrera, and then this, like right after. Like you would think you would want to start cleaning your slate and doing the right things to make everyone forget, but no, not even a week later, not even four days later, something like this goes down. And it's still the taunts, and uh, even though there was enhanced security yesterday, that stuff was still happening. Is that, is that the norm now with the Yankees? Is that the norm now? Is that what we're going to do? It's, Is that what Yankees fans are going to do? That's new tradition now? We're just throwing garbage? It's a crowded city. It's, it's often cold. There's a lot of big buildings, so they don't get enough sun. Like, they're just miserable people sometimes. And I think they get a few beers in them at the game, and they get a little entitled, and, you know, things get weird. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying, like, what else do you expect when you go to New York City? Like, I'm walking down the sidewalk, and I'm getting bumped into and yelled at. Uh, just trying to get myself a bacon, egg, and cheese. I hope I'm not, you know, trashing myself, Ken, but me and the Gen Z group, when he climbed the wall and was drawn to the Yankee fans, the only thing that I took notice to was the three cell phones three feet away from his face. I know. Like, it's just in I his know. face. Like, they're just doing it. Maybe they're not even meaning what they're saying, and this but is, they want the video. They want to the post thing. it. You're exactly right. Everything has turned into, and this is good self-awareness on your part, because as we've established, Stone is a barsteel bro. Okay? For yeah. sure. Barsteel bro. All yeah. right? But... This is what's happening, and we talked about Kyrie Irving last Monday. Were we okay with him flipping off the crowd? Yeah, Ooh. absolutely, because he's get he's he's taking this, so he can give it back. Mm-hmm. It's a little ridiculous that they're still so hard up on Kyrie, even though it's been a couple of years since he left. So fine, he gave it back, as he said. They're giving me that energy. I'm giving them the same energy back. All right, but why are they giving him that energy? It's not because they hate him. It's because they want to go viral. It's because they want Barstool Sports to pick him up. Mm. Put that video out there. You're 100% right on, Stone. That's all Yankees fans are doing is trying to make sure that Dave Portnoy retweets him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what they're looking for. That is what they're looking One for. One shining moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like right. the security guard at the Timberwolves game. They got the tackle. Yeah. Yeah, those protesters keep roaming on the floor, and yeah. the security, they're doing a better and better job of identifying the, love uh, the issue there in, uh, in Minnesota. Give me another angle of that video. That's the, <laughs> that's the most pristine tackle. I'm going to show that when I coach youth football. Now, the <laughs> one semblance, the one semblance of humanity and a bright spot with the Yankees that I can continue to point to is on the Yankees radio network because listen to the call from the Yankees radio network of and and very much a critical eye on the behavior of Yankees fans. Two to Glaber, winning run at second, two out in the ninth. Pitch swung on and lined to right center field. It is a base hit, grounding third, scoring kind of for Lepa, and the Yankees win the ball game. With two in the bottom of the ninth. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. (laughs) Now somebody threw something on the field, and the Indians are all running out to right center. Not the Indians, but the Yankees are too. I mean, that ruins what would be a great Yankee comeback and the Yankees have run out there and telling the fans stop throwing things 
and throwing baseballs. I think that's disgraceful. That's disgraceful. That's not Yankee Stadium. Those aren't Yankee fans. Hooligans. Hooligans. <laughs> Hooligans. But John Sterling, I mean, he's right on. John Sterling is right on. What are you doing? Mm. What is the purpose of that? So you mean to tell me that we're we're going to emerge from this pandemic and we're going to go out and that's how that's how we're expecting behavior to be is that, right? And I'm speaking as someone who I'm a White Sox fan. I get it. I have no room to talk in behavior of my fan base. We're attacking first base coaches and 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 umpires. Mm. I get it. I get it. But that that's insane. All of that stemmed from taunting of an injured player. Yeah. I, I don't I don't get the vitriol, like, I understand, like, heckling players. I understand looking to get engaged with players and, like, even try to get them to get riled up to have them on video. But, like, to actually throw items at another human being, let alone an athlete that's out there playing for your entertainment, that kind of entitlement and that kind of, like, lack of respect, like, you are a scum of the earth to me. It's terrible. Man, it, it, it's, it's getting to a point now with the state of New York sports The Mets are the pinnacle. Like right now, you've got Yankees fans that are taunting injured players and and throwing (laughs) objects at outfielders. You have the Knicks who are just irrelevant at this point. They've been dead and buried for weeks right now. You've got the Nets that are about to crash into the Earth's surface and disintegrate beyond recognition. Uh, Right now... The Mets are the gold standard. They're like undefeated in series so far, right? Five up, five down. Not games, but they've won yeah, every series. Yeah. yeah, the Mets are the gold standard in New York sports. What about the Islanders? Are they still kicking? Mm, no, they are not. They are not kicking. Okay. <laughs> There's not a lot of kicking <laughs> with, the, uh, with the Islanders. I'll have to check and see the how Rangers, the New York Liberty The did. Rangers still kicking. The Islanders, not, not kicking. kicking. <laughs> I don't know about kicking, but the Rangers are breathing. They're, they're breathing. They're, they're they breathing. got a heartbeat. There's a they pause. have a heartbeat. You know who's thriving? Panthers. You damn! Mm. Oh, we dropped. We had thirteen in a row. That's right. Dropped one last night. That's right. Yeah. You had to get one. You had to get one loss before the postseason. Yeah, yeah. It's on the table. A now. little humbling loss. Yeah, you mm. need those. That's right. Humbling loss. How about this? Seven losses at home. <laughs> Seven losses at home. Mm. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. Oh, I love it. Uh, you know what I also love is when you can go pain free. And if you have pain, well, you have some place where you can go. And that is why I am such a huge fan of Baptist Health Orthopedic Care because this is top class for all of us right here in Palm Beach County. Joint pain affecting your quality of life? Well, at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, the team is experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash OrthoCare today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Tony is in West Palm. Tony's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Tony? What's going on, fellas? Levick, I won't let you do it, man. I can't let you call the meatballs the cream of the crop in New York City. What is going on there, Tony? Give... Hey, listen, listen. I, I, we're, when we're talking cream of the crop right now, we're going to talk about the Liberty. <laughs> All right. I knew it. All right. I knew it. All right. I, I, 
All right, that's where, that's where I'm going with this one because I'll allow you to talk about my Knicks because we all know what a heat homer you are. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're talking about the cream of the crop. It's the New York Liberty. Hey, fellas, I'm at work. God bless y'all. All right, Tony, appreciate you. I knew the Liberty might come. That's why I was like, is it the New York Liberty? They have a fighting chance. And you know what? I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue with that. I love myself some Sabrina and SQ. Yeah. I'm good with it. Triple double machine. They they actually had the the goal to have a private jet flying in places before the WNBA shut that down. I'm with Tony. You know what? Forget the Mets. New York Liberty. That's the class of of New York. The class. Of of uh, Carbondale, yes, Carbondale, Illinois. This time last year was Stone Labanowitz mm. leading Southern Illinois on a playoff run, and today is the one year anniversary of the greatest sports achievement in the life of young Stone Labanowitz, and we'll let him relive it when we come back. He's Theodore WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN One Hundred Six Three. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Hey, kiddos, open your ears. Check out PBKC's NFL Draft Party Thursday, round number one. It has arrived. The Paddock Restaurant. Featuring local legend, standout wide receiver, and occasional co-host here on Ken LeVick Alive, Pierre Garcon. Turns out we're reunited. Myself and Pierre Garcon broadcasting live, 6 o'clock, the NFL Draft kickoff show right here on ESPN 106.3 from PBKC's NFL Draft Party. Now, here's the deal with the party. It's not just Pierre and I, okay? The doors open at 5. 30 bucks gets you into the all-you-can-eat buffet. And I was there for last year's buffet with the NFL draft. It is legit. All of your favorite football foods. Going to be broadcasting again 6 to 8. Myself, Pierre Garcon, our NFL draft kickoff show. Then 8 p.m., cheer on your favorite team. Except the Dolphins. They don't pick in the first round. One of PBKC's three jumbo screens or 130 HDTVs. 130 HDTVs. Plus a special meet and greet with the man himself, Pierre Garcon. Call 561-683-2222, extension 199, to reserve your spot today. They're going fast. PBKC, NFL Draft Party. Doors open 5 o'clock Thursday, 561-683-2222. The NFL Draft is approaching. Stone Labanowitz, he is our resident quarterback, star at South Fork High School. Went on to be a standout at Southern Illinois at the Division I level. He has an affinity for quarterbacks, so it doesn't matter if Thea and I are consistently telling him, hey, this quarterback class sucks. Mm. This quarterback class, a little bit lacking in buzz compared mm. to past years. Stone says, no, Theo Dorsey, no, Ken Lavica. These quarterbacks are the real deal, so we've given him a platform. This is Stone Labatowitz's no-name quarterback report. Huh? 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 We're headed down or up again, sorry, to Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah, up. That's Most where, things are up. Everything that, is up from here, bro. Everything is up from here. <laughs> Same to say with Matt Corral, the quarterback oh, who uh, led the Ole Miss Rebels. He's a pro. Lane Kiffin product. Man, I really like this guy. Yeah, we mentioned they're a little planted. They don't have a lot of the buzz going, but they're all, in my opinion, eventual starters. Last week was Kenny Pickett. This one is a six foot two, two 205-pound Matt Corral. Mm. Arm strength is there. 
I think what really sticks out for me as the game in the NFL is evolving, a lot of it's RPO heavy. That's all Matt Corral knows. And if anybody knows the NFL, the coaches at the collegiate level right now, it's Lane Kiffin. So I have a lot of faith in this guy. He's already met with Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, Philly, and Pitt. Where I think he lands, maybe possibly the 34th pick with the Lions. The Giants have the 36th in Seattle because you guys don't have any faith in Drew Locke. None. They have the 40th That's pick a lock. in the second round. <laughs> so, so I have a lot of faith in this kid. He has all the intangibles. He's able to escape the pocket and extend plays again where I said the NFL game is evolving. He suffered a big leg injury. I don't know if you guys remember. In the Sugar Bowl, mm-hmm. that slid him down. And that's why you don't hear his name when it's in the conversation with Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett last week I mentioned he had 49 starts under center. Matt Corral's got 24. I mean, he's been a two-year starter for Ole Miss, a really high-powered offense. So I have a lot of faith in this kid. Situationally, I think he's probably the best quarterback in this draft. Wow. Being under Lane Kiffin. He knows, like I mentioned, how the NFL works. And, and sitting in a quarterback meeting and an offensive meeting with Lane Kiffin, I trust that that kid coming out of Ole Miss will eventually be a starter in the NFL. So late first, early second for Matt Corral is where I see him going. So mm. you as someone who were a little bit interception prone in your career, you're not worried about his <laughs> a <little bit. laughs> propensity for throwing heavy volume of interceptions? I mean, a lot of guys in the league are throwing interceptions He had now. six in it, one game. Yeah, he did. It's a gunslinger mentality that he possesses, and, and Lane Kiffin's never really got on him about that kind of stuff. He's always defended him. A lot of guys in the league are throwing a lot of interceptions. It's just how the game's <laughs> going nowadays. We throw the ball a lot more. Patty Mahomes at one point, like the last six games of the season, Average like 43 pass attempts a game. That number alone is ridiculous. It's never been like that before. So I'm okay with the interceptions. Okay, so there's Matt Corral. Where do you project him? Late first, early second. Okay, so wow. there is your Stone Lebanowitz no-name quarterback report. Can I say something quickly? After this beautiful, I love that, by the way. Um, if, if, if it's up to Stone, there's 68 starting quarterbacks in the NFL next year. Everybody's available <laughs> to be a starting quarterback. There's all Everybody's starting quarterback hey, eligible for Stone. Stone is QB friendly. Teams. He is QB friendly. Yeah. Very QB friendly. It's all situational, <laughs> Theo. It's where you land and what goes on. I man. know, I know. Uh, Theo, can we move Temple the Troll to tomorrow? Because I want to I wanna make sure that yeah, we can let Stone shine here. Of course, okay? of course. Uh, so real quick, before we do that, you're going to shine at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It is home to the finest selection of Kias. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT. Love that car. Credit Clinic on site bank reps are there oh my credit's really bad i can't i can't get a car not in this market no 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 no. that's why the credit clinic is there the credit clinic is there that's why the bank reps are there they are going to work to find you financing that works for you okay they are working for you they are fighting for you i'm going to go there this week get my car serviced Full service right there at Queenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. Listen, get yourself a car that works for you, and it's right there at Queenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia, westpalmbeach.com to see that sweet selection online. All right, Theo, I'm going to have Stone set the scene for us, mm. okay? So last year was your final year in college football, Stone. Some might not know. Some may. We call him Friday Night Lights because he's a high school football legend here in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. But it didn't uh, stop there. Didn't stop there. South Fork High School. Where did you go on to first? What was your first stop? ASA Junior College in Brooklyn, New York. ASA Junior College in Brooklyn. Uh, and then on to Southern Illinois, the Salukis in my home state of Carbondale, Illinois. Mm. Uh, so the state's not Carbondale, I was Illinois. Gonna, I the was state wondering. is Illinois. Okay. The town is Carbondale. There's nothing in Carbondale. There is nothing. Nothing in Carbondale. Uh, so he goes there, and last year, Southern Illinois makes an unlikely run into the FCS, formerly known as 1AA, postseason. 
under the quarterbacking tutelage of one Stone Labanowitz. What was your regular season record a year ago, Stone? Before last season or well, that you, you, season? Make yourself look good. Tell me. Compare it. We were 7-5 and five at the time. Okay. Heading into this game. Heading in. Oh, okay. So, okay. so a little tricky. We were 5-0 and oh against ranked teams during the season. Wow. So we always put up. But starting the season, we were unranked. Not really that, that great of expectations with a team like North Dakota State and South Dakota State sitting in our conference. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no expectations coming into it. But it changed. And North Dakota State is where Carson Wentz went to. Yep. That's where Trey Lance went to. Yep. Uh, so you get into the postseason. And was this your first round game? First round. First round game at Weber State, which is in Utah, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard. Yeah, Dame Lillard. Exactly. And so you guys go in pretty sizable underdogs in this game, correct? Yeah, dare I say six and a half point underdogs. Ooh, six and a half point underdogs. Dare he All say. right. All right. So uh, this game was wild, right? High scoring game. How did it transpire? Very wild. We traded leads back and forth. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead. When they had that lead, I ended up throwing a really costly interception. <laughs> That brought down the like morale. Matt Coral. Like, that brought Matt down Coral. the morale of the team. But it was in my head, it was either and we stopped them. Okay. When it was 14 0 I throw the pick, it was like, oh man, this could get bad. They missed the field goal and we went down and scored immediately. So it was 14 7. And in my head, it was game time. All right. So uh, so you started rolling. Oh, we started rolling, yeah. And we were like I said, we were trailings back and forth. Nobody missed a kick. Our kickers were on it and got to the point where it was 27 27 and they ended up so it was 27-24. They ended up scoring a touchdown. So now the, now the game is 27-31. We're down four minutes to go. Right. One time I'll say out. the score the proper direction. 31-27. Weber yeah. State leads Southern Illinois. You have the ball. How much time is on the clock here? Where are you at on the field? 350. They just kicked it off touchback. Got the ball on the 25. Okay, you got the ball on the 25. You drive all the way down to where? The 8. The 8. How much time is left when you run this 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 play from 50, the eight? Fifty-two seconds. Fifty-two mm. seconds left. Southern Illinois down four at Weber State at the eight of Weber State with the first round playoffs on the line. A chance to go to the second round. Someplace Southern Illinois has not been for an awful long time. Stone Lebanowitz at quarterback. We have two calls. The first from ESPN Plus, where this game was being broadcast, and the second the Southern Illinois Saluki mm. Radio Network. Let it wash over you the quarterbacking greatness of Southern Illinois hero, Stone Labanowitz. Southern Illinois, Stone Labanowitz. He's got the Birkin bag tattoo on his bicep. He's going to have to dig deep oh, into the bag God. of tricks the to pull this one out. Yeah, he's got to go in that bag. It's got to happen right now. This is the final play. Of this three. is the ball game right this here. Is the ball game. This is the play of the game. Fourth and six. Running in motion, Lebanowitz looking in his direction, throws it up to the end zone. Touchdown! Oh, Touchdown, Salukis! I don't believe it. How did Lebanowitz pull another one out of his bag? Branson Combs with the go-ahead score with 51 seconds to play. Mm. Lebanowitz fidgety in the shotgun. Now here we go from the eight. Steps up, yells, steps back, yells. Cox in motion left to right, awaiting the snap. He has it. He's looking right. Sets up, fade into the end zone, jump ball. Combs got it. Combs got it. It's a touchdown. Southern has the lead. So Southern Illinois, they come from behind. Victory driving the length of the field. The game-winning eight-yard touchdown pass 
with 49 seconds left to go. Stone Labanowitz orchestrating Southern Illinois football greatness, and it happened one year ago today. Wow. Such a core memory for me. I, Southern Illinois, we know we were never given a shot for years. The first time we went past the first round was 2009. So a lot of these blue-collar kids, you know, we've never had that feeling before, so to be able to do that for the boys and the organization and all the fans that we traveled – it's a big deal. See, we give him a lot of crap, but the dude knows his stuff, and he's a college football hero. There's not a lot of you out there that are college football heroes That's like right. our man here, Friday Night Lights. That's right. Luckily, so this is the year anniversary of that. And luckily, Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the other side because you left 49 <laughs> seconds on the clock, Stone. <laughs> Have you learned nothing? I know it. I know it. We actually sacked the quarterback to end the game. Pretty surreal moment. Okay. Stone Lebanowitz. Well done. Congratulations. The year anniversary. That's cool stuff. And Stone, of course, has been tweeting and social media and all of those uh, highlights out. So. Yeah, paying homage to the, the pass catcher and the play-by-play guys. Man, like I said, it was a big moment for us. Theo Dorsey, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Stone Lebanowitz. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Hero. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Bye.